Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Serena Sung. So what do you want students to know and young professionals to know? We should say students because that's who you're dealing with right now. With respect to their interaction with you or with another recruiter, maybe who's recruiting for an actual full-time job. So the first thing I would say is make sure you are replying to the communication that we're sending you. So if you don't respond within 24 to 48 hours of me extending out an interview to you, then you might not be in the running for the position anymore. So you have to be pretty timely with making sure that you're checking your emails, checking your phone when you're in recruitment season. Sometimes I'll call candidates and they won't be available, but they just never pick up the phone and then I'll send them a text and they don't respond to that either until maybe a couple days later. But at that point, we've already started to schedule interviews. So it's really important that they make sure that they're timely in their responses. On top of that, I would say we do care about how you communicate with us because it does give off a certain impression of you. So I'll have candidates communicate with me all over the board. There's a wide variety of communication I might get for them. So some people are very concise with their responses and they'll email back and just say yes or you know not even have an email signature, not even say hi, Serena or anything like that. And then other candidates will be a little bit more thorough. So they will thank me for the communication. They might ask a question. They will say that they're excited to interview for the position, etc. So make sure you're covering your bases and being professional with how you interact with recruiters. And how would those two people, the one that just said yes with nothing else versus the one that had a more professional response and expressed excitement, how would they line up? Will you share that information back to the hiring manager? Sometimes I will. These little things don't necessarily always make or break the situation, but you know, I might have more of an inclination towards one candidate over the other. But at the end of the day, it is the hiring manager's decision. Do you give them your opinion or does it depend whether or not the hiring manager asks for your opinion? 
Well, my part in the process doesn't really include evaluating the candidates as much. So for this kinds of positions, it's just up to the hiring manager to decide. So are you taking every single applicant and sending them to the hiring manager or are you screening them? So what we do is when we post out a job onto the school portals, for example, Handshake, we'll take the resumes and then we'll send them directly to the hiring managers. And then what they do is they'll select from there what which people that they want to interview. And then after that, after I have that list, I will go to those candidates and say like, hey, are you still interested in the position? You know, are you eligible? And then if they still say yes, then I'll coordinate their interviews. Got it. Okay. So, you know, something that surprised me as I was researching you, Serena, is that you have described yourself as an introvert. And I would have thought, and this is clearly my misperception or conception (laughs) of these roles, that this type of role might be better for an extrovert. Tell me about that. You're not wrong on that. (laughs) I would say that my job would be easier if I were an extrovert. But at the same time, I do still bring a lot of skills to the table that not everyone else would. So, you know, being a recruiter doesn't mean that you just have really good communication skills. It also means you have to be really organized. You have to interact with candidates really well. You have to be detail oriented. You have to have good written communication. There are a lot of other skills that play into it. And so, for example, like, I wouldn't say that my strength is necessarily in public speaking or in giving presentations, but that's still a skill that I can develop. You know, I've definitely done a lot of those things before. I've done a lot of public speaking. I've done a lot of presentations before. It's still not my favorite thing to do, but it gives me a good chance to practice those skills and also, you know, get my message across because obviously those two things are important in virtually any single job that you do, especially if you're wanting to be in more of a management position. So, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't exclude introverts from being able to enter the field of recruiting, but I would just give a heads up to them and say, you know, you'll have to bring your extroverted side out a little bit more. And if you're super introverted, then this kind of role might not be for you. But then again, there are different areas of recruiting that might be better fit for introverts, such as sourcing, where you're Actually, I'm not super sure about sourcing. I feel like they still interact with candidates a lot, but there are other areas of HR that might be better suited. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And I'd like to give you a gentle pushback that you are not as good with public (laughs) presentations because holy cow, I mean... I don't think I could do what you're doing right now as a brand new grad doing this podcast interview. And I listened to the other podcast interview that you did recently. You totally crushed it. Thank you. Thank you. It takes a lot of practice. (laughs) Well, as with anything, right? As with Mm -hmm. anything, and actually, Serena, as we pivot to your side hustle with regards to the coaching that you do for college students and young professionals around LinkedIn, do you find that many college students are discounting the experiences that they've already gotten and maybe not placing as much value on their hobbies, their extracurriculars, their part-time volunteer work and such? Oh, 100%. I think it's just because a lot of students don't know how to write their resumes in a way 
that shows their transferable skills. But for a lot of them, I'll talk to them and they'll tell me all these cool stories of accomplishments that they've done in their prior positions. And I'm saying, why in the world does your resume not reflect that at all? <laughs> you know, the top sales manager at the, I don't know, the store that they worked at, or they've accomplished a lot in their retail job, etc. But they're just not able to quantify the metrics or they haven't even really thought about it. But when they talk about it, then they're better able to explain. So I think that's why documentation is so important. You, when you're in these roles, even if you're just in a student organization, you can go ahead and start documenting everything down that you've done in terms of your projects, in terms of stories that might be good for star interviews. For star interviews. Now, can you yeah. just elaborate on what you mean by that? Because that's an acronym. So a lot of hiring managers and interviewers in general will ask you behavioral questions and expect you to give a star answer. So star stands for situation, task, action, and then results. So they want you to be able to talk through a story using this framework in order to tell them what you went through in that kind of situation and then how you were able to resolve it or have a result in the end. Yeah, exactly. What advice do you have to offer art young listeners, especially those students, Serena, who are confused and stuck about what career they want to pursue when they graduate? I would say that it's okay to be stuck, first of all. Don't spend so much energy being frustrated that you don't know what to do, and instead try other things. You know, you might be locking yourself into a specific major in college, and you might not know necessarily what you want to do, but there are a lot of options for you. And there's a lot of flexibility while you're in college to try different things. So don't feel like you're locked into a position of, oh my gosh, I've done this for two years and I feel like I don't like it anymore, but I still have to do it because I only have two more years until graduation and the rest of my life. It's not like that at all. You don't have to commit to something right away or just because you've done it for X number of years. You're saying after they graduate. Either way, either way. You know, even people who are currently in college feel like they can't pivot while they're in college. Yeah. And here's a great stat for you. 73% of college students change their major at least once. And in fact, I tell those I coach, Serena, that that is a microcosm of what's going to happen over the course of their professional life. Mm -hmm. You're exposed to things you didn't know before, or you meet people that you didn't know before who open your eyes to a type of a job or an industry that you didn't think of ahead of time, or maybe you didn't know enough about ahead of time. So it's all good. Yeah, it is all good. There are so many options out there for you. And, you know, a lot of people say this, but your dream job might not be invented until five years from now. So it's totally okay to pivot as you need to figure out what you don't like to do and then go from there. Try to figure out some things that you'd like to do. You know, you don't necessarily have to be super passionate about something going into it, but your passion will follow as you continue to be good at something. So, you know, just make sure that you steer away from those jobs that don't align with your values and your personality and feel free to try different options from then out. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T for C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the Coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.